Welcome to the Beyond Your Money podcast with Mike Dukovich, financial advisor and retirement income certified professional with RBC Wealth Management. Join us as we share the tools and insight that can help you take control of your money and your life. Because we believe life's greatest returns are realized when you invest beyond your money. Welcome to the Beyond Your Money podcast with Mike Dukovich of RBC Wealth Management. I'm Patrice Sikora, and in this episode, Mike tackles market volatility. Mike, we know Wall Street doesn't like uncertainty, and that's been evident in swings we've seen lately. So first of all, what marks a correction in stocks? Well, Patrice, this is a very important topic. I'm excited to discuss it with you today, and this is one of those things that could be relevant now, could be relevant next month, it could be relevant next year. Really, the crux of this conversation is volatility will always come back. So it's so important to really understand it, to understand what you should be doing, what should be what you should be thinking about with regards to your plan and with regards to your investments. So before we dive into this absolutely critical topic, I think it's important to have a basic understanding, at least a fun, foundational understanding of some of the key words that surround this issue. And so for, mm-hmm. for our conversation today, let's talk about two things that you're hearing quite a bit and you will hear quite a bit moving forward, correction versus a bear market. A correction is defined as a 10% decline of any security or, or an index from the recent peak. So if we think about it in, in regards to the S&P 500, for example, a 10% decline from the recent peak. We can also think about a correction in regards to an individual security. So a stock can actually have a correction. Mm-hmm. These corrections can last anywhere from days to months or, or even longer, but the average corrections are typically short-lived. Typically, they last anywhere from three to four months. Okay. Now, they can be damaging in the short term. Obviously, no one likes to see an investment or an index go down 10%, but it also can be healthy, and we'll talk about that. It can adjust overvalued prices, and, or it could pr- provide buying opportunities for folks that are looking to mm-hmm. get into that investment. So that's a correction. Let's talk about another term that you might hear quite a bit, uh, bear market. A bear market is something a little bit different. It's a little more severe. A bear market is defined as a 20% decline of a security or an index from a recent peak. Bear market's obviously a little more dramatic, a little more severe. They can last for several weeks or months or even years. And so when we hear people talk about a correction or a bear market, we want to be cognizant of what those two definitions are. With that in mind, how do you measure these things? This is a key topic, Patrice, so I'm glad you brought it up. There are a lot of different phrases that are thrown out there, whether it's on you know, the news or in the paper or, or on your statement even. Three terms are important with regards to volatility, standard deviation, beta, and the VIX. Okay, so standard deviation is the degree an investment fluctuates up or down in relation to its average return. Okay, so the higher the standard deviation, that means the higher the volatility. And so when you see that something has a high standard deviation compared to a a competitor, that means it's a little more volatile. The other term is beta. Now this one is, is a little more technical, but beta is simply defined as the volatility of an investment when compared to its benchmark or its index. And what that means is the, the index that that investment falls in is how you relate the beta. So if it's equal to, or if it's at one, means that it has the same volatility measurement as the index that it is in, or the index that it is following. A beta less than one means it has less volatility than the index, and a beta greater than one meaning means it has a greater volatility than the index. When you say the index, 
we're talking S&P 500. We're talking the Dow Industrials, a 30 there, correct? We can be talking about any type of index. Beta refers to the index that that investment falls into. If we're talking about a large cap growth fund, for example, we're probably talking about something like the S&P index or an index that it, it falls into. We can also be talking about international indices, or we can be talking about value indices. It's it's whatever indice that particular investment falls into. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. One thing that you'll also read about or hear about in the news is, is the VIX. This is how we as an industry follow the volatility currently. The VIX is an index that measures the short-term market volatility of the S&P 500. A VIX above 30 indicates that we are in a high volatility environment. A VIX below 20 indicates that we are in a low volatility environment. So when you turn on the news and you see that the VIX is up, that means we're in a high volatility situation. If it's down, that means we're in a low volatility situation. Volatility doesn't go away, does it? It doesn't go away entirely ever, right? We can have periods of low volatility, meaning you don't really have the huge market swings. We can be in periods where it's high. And so one of the key components to any plan is that we should expect volatility over time. Markets go up and markets go down over time. And if there's anything that I can emphasize with regards to a client or a prospect or just friends and family that we're talking about, if I could get a client to remember anything, it would be this. Markets go up and markets go down. And so you have to expect that. The neat thing is when you know that and you understand that and you expect that, the psychology of this, it it helps you. Knowing things won't always go up provides some comfort and some understanding. If you know it's coming, it's not as frightening. You can prepare for it. How do you deal with a volatile market? How, How psychologically can you get yourself ready and set up for this to deal with it? Well, there's a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different uh, planning objectives and conversations that we have over time. But one of the things I'd like to put forth in, in this podcast, in this conversation, is that there are some things that you should remember. Anytime volatility spikes or things get a little dicey in the market, I always bring these tips out and I, and I always try to convey these to clients because these are, these are relevant now. These, are, these will be relevant later. These were, will always be relevant when we see periods of high volatility. These are 11 ways that I like to address Mm -hmm. and I like to discuss with clients to help our clients stay sane in crazy markets. Tip number one is to have a game plan. You always want to have a predetermined guideline where you recognize that the potential for turbulent times is there, right? We're always going to have periods where volatility spikes. And by knowing that, by having a plan in place, that can help prevent the emotion from dictating your decisions. Try to avoid making irrational, emotional decisions. By having diversification, for example, that can help you understand your risk. It can help you understand that we are diversifying your portfolio so that not everything zigs while everything zags, right? right? Everything moves in different directions. The diversification helps you limit your your risk or spread out your risk, right? Okay, so that's one way that a plan helps. Having a process also helps. Having a process helps you basically employ different investments or different, different trading disciplines. And that can also help you remove the emotion from, from your plan. One of the other things that I always like to employ with a client in this plan is to keep some cash or some dry powder, I call it, ready for opportunities. In every financial situation, people have the need for money at certain points. And if you have mm-hmm. that cash already liquid, already ready to go, already sitting there, 
well, then you, you don't have to be too concerned about the volatility. You can take there. advantage so, of it. So, absolutely. Right. So having some cash or some dry powder ready for opportunities or ready for liquidity needs is, is important. All right, Mike, how about number two? Know what you own and why you own it. This is very important as well. So you want to understand the purpose of the different investments in your portfolios. You could have some things in there that are, that are growth oriented, some things that you are trying to hit the home run, so to speak, things that you want to boost the portfolio's returns over time. Right next to that, you could have things that are more defensive in, in nature. You could have things that are, are geared towards paying dividends or are geared towards weathering volatility. You always want to have a clear understanding of knowing what you own and why and how it fits into your portfolio. One of the other key parts of this is, is also asking that question. Ask your professional, whoever you're working with, your financial advisor, why is this in the portfolio? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and this is very important. This is something I always try to emphasize with a client or a prospect is I need to be educational. I need you to understand exactly what we're doing and why we're using what we're using. Because if you understand that, that removes all the doubt. It can remove the uncertainty. And that helps you understand the plan. It helps you understand the strategy. It helps you understand the products. And it helps you stay disciplined and engaged. And, and also, it ultimately, it helps the long-term plan work. Know what you own, know why you own it, and understand how it incorporates into your plan is very important. And then how about remembering that everything is relative? Oh, yes. You don't want to compare your performance to something that it can't be compared to. The first thing I always address with a client is kind of going back to that phrase, beware of the brother-in-law. When, you, when, when your brother-in-law <laughs> tells you that his portfolio is up 20%, that doesn't mean anything to you, right? Mm -hmm. It's all relative. He could be in a very aggressive growth type of portfolio, and that might not fit your risk objective. So it's all relative to the situation. Within your own investment portfolio, it's also relative, right? So you don't want to compare your funds or your investments to something that shouldn't be compared to. I would never compare my large cap growth fund to a small cap international index, right? Right. It's always relative. You want to compare your performance to something that it should be compared to, to a relative benchmark or to an index that matches what you are trying to accomplish. So I always get a little, you know, my skin kind of crawls a little bit when people say, well, the market is up and my portfolio is not up as much. Mm -hmm. Well, that might mean that your portfolio isn't comprised of what the quote unquote market is comprised of. So it might not be a fair comparison. So it's always relative. You always want to keep that in mind. And with that in mind too, the markets are cyclical. This will pass. This will change. That, that's exactly right. Historically, the financial markets are cyclical. You want to understand that. You want to internalize that. You don't want to make rash decisions thinking that this is the end. I see a lot of people kind of have a regret with regards to their investment portfolios or, or with an investment they either missed. Usually that's the case if they missed something or if they didn't sell something at a particular time or if they didn't buy something at the right time. They always think that, well, I lost my chance. And, and that's not necessarily the case. Is this like timing the market? This is exactly right, right? So timing the market, as we all know, can be extremely risky. When people see the market getting volatile, they, they start to make rash decisions, again, based off of emotion and based off of irrational thought. A lot of times that's because they think that they may have missed their opportunity. And I'm here to tell you that, listen, the markets go up and they go down over time. You, you will probably get another shot. There will be other opportunities. So you don't want to beat yourself up too much because again, this too shall pass. And that means there are mistakes that have been made, probably. Do you learn from them? 
This is tip number five, be willing to learn from your mistakes. Even the best investment managers don't get it right all the time. You know, one of my favorite quotes is from Peter Lynch, who is a household name in our industry. He's one of the most successful and well-respected investors of all time. One of his quotes that I use quite a bit is with regards to getting it right. And he says that in this business, if you're good, you're right six times out of 10. You're never going to be right nine times out of 10. And that's very important. You can't hit home runs on every single investment. So you don't want to beat yourself up. You don't want to think that you're untouchable or that you're the best out there. You always want to take your success or, or your failures with a grain of salt because you can't get it right all the time. The important thing is that you learn from those mistakes. One of the things that I've been using quite a bit and I will use you know, in, in, in times of volatility is you want to try to make lemonade from the lemons you've been dealt. And some of the things that you do during volatility to kind of hit that point is you can capture loss. If you've gotten some things wrong during times of volatility, well, hey, you know, maybe when you rebalance, you can capture some of that loss that you can use down the line to offset future gains. So there are ways of, again, making lemonade from, from some of those lemons or for some of those mistakes that you have made. So don't beat yourself up. Learn from those mistakes. Right. And you mentioned earlier playing defense. Tell me more about that. One of, the, one of the tips you can think about while you're in, in periods of, of volatility is considering going defensive, right? If, if it makes sense, and this is through, you know, when we make moves like this, this is through conversation and through analysis of the plan and your situation, but you can consider going defensive and it makes sense. Going defensive could, could be, you know, raising some cash or it could be reallocating more into some of the more defensive sectors, for example, like consumer staples or utilities. Those are historically some of the more defensive sectors. It could make sense to move there for a period of time. One of the other historically considered more defensive areas of the market are things that pay dividends. If you're collecting mm -hmm. a, a regular cash flow from the investment that you're using, that could help cushion some of the price swings that you're seeing in the market. So Going defensive could make sense. It's just you need to have that conversation to see if it makes sense for your situation. Now, if you've been investing or saving on a regular basis, should market volatility put you off that or should you just continue to do what you've been doing? Most cases, you want to continue to do what you're doing. And so tip number seven is to always stay on the course that you're on by continuing to save. If you're on a systematic savings plan. Sometimes it's called dollar cost averaging, and this will be a topic for a future show. Dollar cost averaging means that you are buying into the market. You're investing a specific dollar amount regularly, regardless of the fluctuating price levels. And so think about it. If you're buying into market when the market is going down with the same dollar, you're actually buying more shares because they're cheaper. This will help you over time because those cheaper shares, well, guess what? When the market rebounds, those will be compounding. This is really how you get that compounding growth, that snowball effect to take hold. If you are on a plan where you are consistently and constantly saving, you do not want to stop that. You have removed the emotion from the equation already by just having that systematic investment going in. Why would you add it back in by worrying about it? One of the best analogies that I like to use in this situation is, is what I call the tuna fish analogy. And what this means is if you like tuna fish and you buy it at the store every time you're out there and it costs you, I don't know, $2 a can. If you go to the store and now it's $1 a can, it's on sale. What are you going to do? Right? Stock up. You're, you're going to stock <laughs> up. You're going to buy probably twice or three times as much as you ever would. It's the same thing with investments when the market is volatile. 
if the fund that you've been buying or the investment that you've been buying over time is now 20% on sale or 30% on sale, would you shy away from it? No. No, right? You would want to buy more of it. This aspect of staying on course, this idea of dollar cost averaging and sticking to your plan is very, very important. And taking the emotion out of your investing. That's part of point number eight here, isn't it? Using cash to help manage your mindset. Absolutely. So tip number eight is to, to use cash where it makes sense. As I mentioned earlier, we always want to have a little bit of cash on the sidelines, whether it's for opportunity or whether it's for liquidity needs. And so it's very important that that cash is there because, again, it helps you manage your psyche. It helps you psychologically. If you know that the money that you need is there and it's not involved in the volatility, well, guess what? That helps you feel a little more comfortable. That helps you understand that, hey, I can ride out the volatility. I can stomach this because I know that the money that I need is already there. It's already in cash. It's already ready to go. It's liquid if I need to take it out. And so I will always have a little bit of cash on the sidelines. One of the key components of this too is that when the market is going well, when your portfolio is up, when you're having a good year, Sometimes it could be a good practice to actually sell a little bit of those investments that have been doing well, raise some cash when the markets are good. Because what you're doing is twofold. One, you're taking some of those gains off the table. You're basically, you're pocketing some of that growth that you've accumulated. So it's, it's taking that out of the risk spectrum. But also, we know, again, going back to that first premise that the market will go up and it will go down over time. You know that at some point, the market will retrace and if you've accumulated some cash, some dry powder, well, guess what? You'll be ready to take advantage of those discounts, ready to take advantage of the sale. Having cash as a part of your overall portfolio is very important. It helps you not only feel more comfortable, but also helps you prepare for future opportunities. And again, you've got to remember your roadmap. That's what you keep coming back to. Absolutely. Remember the plan. This is tip number nine. I can't emphasize this one enough. There's a reason why we as financial advisors help you put plans in place. And, and the portfolios and the strategies and the asset allocations that we built are designed with a long-term plan in mind. When the market gets volatile, well, guess what? We built that plan knowing that volatility was going to come back at some point. We knew this was going to happen. We have already prepared for the storm. A great analogy I like to use here is kind of like when you put storm shutters on your beach home in Florida knowing that hurricanes are going to come at some point. If you've prepared, if you understand and you know and you've internalized that, hey, a hurricane is probably going to come at some point, it's the same thing. If we know that volatility is going to come back to the portfolio, but we are prepared and we're ready for that, it helps you feel a little more comfortable. You're not scrambling when the storm comes to try and address things. So remembering the long-term plan is very important. You're ready for this. You should expect it and you're ready for it. And I like this next one, number 10. Look in the rearview mirror. This is something I, I try to help clients understand. Looking back to see where you've came from is important. It's not something that you should focus on. We don't like focusing on the past, but you have to understand it. You have to internalize it and understand that, hey, we came from somewhere. One of the great things is with investing, it's important to remember that having an investment strategy is only half of the battle. The other half is being able to stick to it. And so if we know that, hey, we put X amount of dollars in 10 years ago and look how far we've come, well, then the short-term volatility in, in your portfolio isn't as dramatic because you know that, hey, we've had a lot of success over the last couple of years. So a short-term pullback in the market or short-term pullback in my investment 
value isn't going to be something that I'm, I'm going to lose sleep over. You're ready for it. And so look back to see where, how far you've come from. It's important not to get hung up on that short-term performance. And then we'll wrap it up with point number 11, which is take it easy. Don't make major changes. Even if you feel like you need to adjust your portfolio or, or even if it's justified, you, you've spoken with your financial advisor and it makes sense to make some adjustments, you don't necessarily need to make major wholesale changes all at once. You can make small gradual changes if it makes sense. And in most cases, you probably should. You don't want to just flip the switch and go completely in a different direction. You can do this over time. You can do it gradually with small increments. Now, with that said, probably the, the number one thing that I want to convey to a client or to a prospect or to, or, or to a listener is when things get choppy, when things get volatile, when things seem uncomfortable or the unknown seems to be gripping the market, if you need help, ask for it. Engaging with a financial advisor or with a financial professional can help. It can not only help you with your with the numbers, you know, with the investments, with making sure that you are invested the way you should be, but can also help with your psychology, with your overall health, with your overall psyche. And that's very, very important. When things get tough, when things get choppy, this is when financial advisors provide the most value for your clients. They can be that backstop that you need to help you weather the storm. So it's very important when, when things get choppy, ask for help. Very valuable information, Mike. Thanks. What do you have in store for our coming shows? As we move forward through this podcast, you know, what I'd like to do, my goal is to be educational. So we're going to continue to hit on some financial topics that there might be some confusion or some misunderstanding about. I really want to help people understand the basics with a lot of different financial ideas and concepts and strategies. I call it the finance 101. But also, I'm, I'm going to dive into some of the more complicated financial issues that are relevant and that are important. Beyond that, we're also going to start bringing on some experts in various industries. I have some attorneys lined up to talk about estate plans and trusts and things like that. We're going to talk to some accountants and, and some tax professionals, maybe some life coaches. I also have a nutritionist and a travel agent lined up because, again, this all works with, with regards to your overall financial well-being. It goes really beyond your money. And so I want to make sure that we emphasize that. And how can people get in touch with you? They should give me a call direct to my desk at 724-933-4446. They could also email me at michael.dukovich at rbc.com. And that's D-U-K-O-V-I-C-H. Or you can simply go to my website at michaeldukovich.com. And as we've been talking about volatility and we've been talking about these 11 different tips, these 11 different things that you want to keep in mind. Well, hey, if you want that report, I can get that to you. So email me and I'd be happy to send that to you. On the website, we've talked about this before, Patrice, but on the website, you'll also find a lot of information surrounding volatility or, or other financial topics. There's a wide range of things that are on there because after all, like I just said, my goal is to educate, my goal is to inform, and, and my goal is to be top of mind for if and when questions come up down the line. I'm looking to work with people that want to take control of their situation. I'm looking to work with people who value the plan and with people that recognize that life's greatest returns are only realized when you invest beyond your money. So remember, it's your money. It's your life. Take control. And thanks, Mike. Mike Dukovich of RBC Wealth Management. You can subscribe to Mike's Beyond Your Money podcast with the subscribe button on this page, and you can also share with the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Your Money podcast with financial advisor Mike Dukovich. Make sure you click the subscribe button now so you will be notified when new podcasts are released. 
If you want to know more about working with Mike, please call 724-933-4446 or visit michaeldukovich.com. It's your money. It's your life. Take control. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RBC Wealth Management. All opinions and estimates constitute the speaker's judgment as of the date of this recording and are subject to change without notice and are provided in good faith but without legal responsibility. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial services provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. RBC Wealth Management does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investment should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Investment and insurance products offered through RBC Wealth Management are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other obligations of or guaranteed by a bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including the possible loss of the principal amount invested. RBC Wealth Management is a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC.